Swamiji, in the West, we don't get much of an impression of the caste system, except that it seems like a way of oppressing people. It, how did it come about, and what is its purpose? You know, its purpose originally was a lofty one, but it has become corrupted, because the people in the higher castes wanted their own children to be high caste. Yogananda said that every country has its own misery-making karma. This is the karma of India. It's absolutely wrong to think that a son of a Brahmin has to be a Brahmin. So let me explain the caste system. It is that the evolution of life is a gradual unfoldment of consciousness. They say that, that uh, computers will someday become sophisticated enough for, for them to demand demanding computer rights. Well, no, science will never be able to give consciousness. It will never be able to give feeling. It will never be able to give uh, the thought of I. Yes, it can give intelligence, but intelligence would still be without the thought of I, without feeling, without awareness. Whereas a little worm who is because just about as unsophisticated as anything you can be. If you prick it with a pin, it tries to get away. It feels and knows that it has to protect itself. That sense of I is in everything. And that sense gradually tries to come higher and higher, which is the real metaphysical explanation for um, evolution. If it were only survival of the fittest, nothing could be more fit to survive than a rock. And J.C. Bosch discovered that rocks do have consciousness. They found that they need to give scissors, for example, in, in factories a rest. Metal gets tired. You need to let it revive itself. There is a certain amount of consciousness in everything because everything is a part of the dream of God. And so... That consciousness, it takes more than just the desire to, sur to survive. It takes this desire to become more aware of itself. This is what motivates everything. The wish for, for awareness. And gradually you come up the level to the point where you become a human being. And as a human being, there is self-awareness. Even the animals have some self-awareness, but it's more vague. I remember... In Bucharest, when I was a child, my brother was seven years old, I was nine years old. And uh, he took our dog, a Scottish terrier, Jasper, out for a walk on the leash, and the dog catchers came by. And of course, they he had a, 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 a collar, you know. A, a, a license. A license, yes. But um, they thought that they could get this from this little boy, and then charge a ransom for it. Anyway, my brother held their net and he said, run, Jasper, run. And Jasper took off. The, <laughs> he was the laziest creature, but this time he really took off at high speed. And when he got out of sight of them, as I said, he was lazy and he hid behind a bush and they went charging past him and he came trotting home. Well, for weeks afterwards, we would talk about his intelligence in hiding from these dog catchers. And every time we did, we did so, he might be sitting under a table or whatever, 
But as soon as we started talking about it, <laughs> so there's some ego there, but not much. Human beings have that, that sense of ego, and that sense gives them much more suffering because uh, we are aware that we are the ones who are suffering. Therefore, we're inclined. What was the question for the beginning? The caste system. Yes. As you come up into the human body, you begin with a, sort of an animal soul in a human body. And you don't think much. You're not used to using a brain. So you think in terms of pleasure. You think in terms of your body. You're fit for physical work. And they symbolize that by a farmer. But of course, there are plenty of very sophisticated and educated farmers. It's more uh, just to symbolize what it means, a farmer being somebody who just uses his body. Then after a while, after incarnations of this, you begin to realize you've got a brain and you can use this brain. And usually when you start using it, use it cunningly. And so you think in terms of what's in it for me and how can I get something for uh, in cunning ways. And so you become what is symbolized as a merchant, because a merchant sells in order to gain. But then you reach the point of sophistication where you find, as Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so you don't think in terms of what you can get out of other people. You think naturally in terms of what you can do to help other people. And this is symbolized as a soldier, a warrior. Somebody, in other words, not somebody who's willing to kill other people, but somebody who's willing even to lay down his life for the welfare of others. This is known as a Kshatriya. And the Kshatriya, true Kshatriya, he is usually a noble person, but he's symbolized as a warrior. Then you realize after a time, and we mentioned this too when we talked of uh, not long ago of saints, that you can give to people food, you can give them money, you can help them build uh, better houses and whatever. But if it's not for God, you're giving them something temporary. And you reach the point where you realize that to share his bliss is more important than to share food or money. And so you become a Brahmin or a priest. So those are the ancient civilization was also not so simply stratified as that. There were writers and artists and all sorts of things. But these exemplify the ideal. Now the son of a Kshatriya may be a Shudra. The son of a Kshatriya may be a Vaishya, a merchant. He may be a Brahmin. You can't tell. You were born into your body according to certain similarities. You have your own qualities that you've developed over many incarnations. You may be born, sometimes a saint may be born to a criminal because they have one quality very strongly in common. When it's time for you to be reborn, the field is not infinite. There's, the time missing is there, and there may be somebody who, this criminal for a saintly soul may be the only person who at least shares with him a strong liking for peace, let's say. And so he may be born there. You can't tell from 
from your parents necessarily. There will be certain qualities that they have in common, but they won't have all qualities. I'm very different from my father, for example. Um, but uh, there are certain qualities I can see very clearly. I've shared with him. So in uh, you, your, your birth, the family you're born into does not determine what your natural caste is. The benefit of the caste system is that it gives you a guideline how to keep rising toward perfection. And the disadvantage of it is that the uh, higher castes want their children to be higher castes, even if they're not. And so it came about over time that the caste system became frozen. And the Brahmins wanted their children to be priests, and the Kshatriyas wanted them, and so on. But the caste system in its original form is a very enlightened thing. And it's the true races of man. We are not black or br brown or yellow or or white or whatever. In fact, in India, they used to think of us as pink, not white. <laughs> but uh, the thing is that uh, um, you're, the true races of man are the, are the castes. So that a banker in New York may have New York State, not the city where you have an infinite number of, race, of uh, neighbors, but somebody out in the suburbs or in living on a farm, his neighbor may be an artist and a different caste altogether. He may have more in common with a banker in Africa than with his own closest neighbor. It all depends, your true race, it depends on the kind of person you are. And that will be the same all over the world. Is there a way to use this then as an enlightened system of evolution? Well, I've said that. But yeah. rather than, what do people in India do with the caste? Well, in India, they don't understand it. They, uh, they we're trying to bring back to India and to the world certain teachings that have been lost. This is what Yogananda came into this world to do. He didn't come to bring a wholly new teaching. He came to bring back old teachings in their true form. And the caste system was one of them. He said that people need to understand you can't jump from a Shudra to a Brahmin. You have to go step by step. Nothing ever happens by sudden leaps. Darwin even said that evolution doesn't go by sudden leaps. And so it is that, that wherever you are, look to that which is higher. In, for, in the case of a Shudra, the best thing he can do is serve a Vaishya or a person of a higher caste, but be a servant in his home because that influence, the, <clears throat> the magnetic influence of people. If you want to be good as an artist, if you want to be good as a businessman, if you want to be good at anything, mix with people who are good at that. So also mix with people of a higher caste. Don't just mix with people who are your own type. They will keep you down. Mix with people. That's why they say satsanga, right company, good company, is very important. So the magnetism helps to draw you yes. up. And you know, magnetism, it's, if I shake hands with you, we form two horseshoe magnets. So the upper part of the body and also the lower part of the body, 
when you shake hands with people, if they're better quality people, shake hands with, with uh, consciousness. I know my guru told me when <clears throat> I was new, he had me standing outside the church greeting people, uh, shaking hands with them as they were leaving. I said to him after the first time, Master, I don't want to do this. I feel completely drained because they were shaking his hands with me, feeling that I was his representative and they were drawing what they could. If consciously or unconsciously, I don't know. His answer was very interesting. He said, that's because you think of yourself. Mm -hmm. Think of God and it won't happen. And I found that was true. I allowed God to flow through me and then shaking hands. Uh, I felt better at the end of it rather than less so. But share your magnetism with people. Share your consciousness of, with, of God with people. You will help to uplift them that way.